on the Texas Steampunk Connection, your source for steampunk event information in the great free state of Texas. We also discuss books, films, comics, and games. Also, we enjoy visiting with the local steampunk luminaries. I'm Flavio. I'm Erica. And I'm Fax, your hosts. Thank you for tuning in, and now on to the episode. This is Texas Steampunk Connection. This is Season 2, Episode 1. In case you hadn't noticed, there's already been a couple of changes. Season 2, for example. What does that mean? <laughs> it means that we're just doing something different. That that means we're in our second year. Right? Yeah. To 2017. Hey, in case you're wondering, that's Erica. That? <laughs> yeah, she was in the intro, too. <laughs> so we have a new host. That's a big change. New music, in case you noticed. Didn't notice. And... Well, we might as well start off. Hey, this is Erica. Hello. <laughs> and she's joining us. She's going to be another host, permanent host. Um, many of you probably know her. She's with us. She's in the. She's one of the founding members of the our Roosevelt Adventuring Society. <laughs> we go places and do things and have a pretty good time. Well, Erica, let you introduce yourself. Yes. Um, Tell us. Uh, well, 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 we'll ask you the questions that we ask everybody who's on the show. That's how did you discover steampunk and what is steampunk to you let's start with that all right uh well fax got me into steampunk that uh, fax gets people into everything gosh probably <laughs> at least it's been a long time, a long time. it's been a few years oh my gosh. five <laughs> at least um or five years uh there was a steampunk emporium in South Austin called the Mysterium. Uh, mm-hmm. for, as far as I know, Austin's first and only steampunk store run by Sam Tyler. And she used to have steampunk Saturdays where she would invite uh, other makers and musicians and people to come in their finest steampunk garb and just have a really good time socializing and meeting people and buying stuff and listening to music. And it was a lot of fun. And she also hosted the uh, Beer Brass MBS in South Austin at the Opals South. And we used to go to that all the time. And uh, that's how we got started. Yep. And it has just become a way of life. Yeah, someone along the line, Fax, pulled me in the same way. He's <laughs> <laughs> an enabler. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't me. I just didn't want to go by myself. <laughs> um but we, I think we all have Sam Tyler to thank for that. We've yep. gone on about her and gushed in the show before. Um, we miss you, Sam. So what, uh, in this past five years of, of going here and there and... And, and everywhere. Things, <laughs> what, what does steampunk mean to you? Okay. Well, uh, the thing that I enjoyed the most about steampunk was it seemed like a pretty natural progression from... Uh, Ren Faire garb, corsets, all that kind of stuff to Victorian. Uh, you know, still get to wear the awesome corsets. Um, and then, you know, you've got the manners and the morals and the aesthetic, the, the handmade craftsmanship kind of stuff of the Victorian era where things weren't mass produced so much as they were crafted and sort of individualized. Everything that you carry has sort of a personal meaning. Um, you know, you know the person that made it for you or you made it yourself and it's just part of, who you are. Um, and then, and then, you know, the, I like the Victorian sci-fi, uh, HG Wells, Jules Verne, all that kind of stuff. Like what the future, what, what the Victorians thought the future would be like is kind of how I describe steampunk. And, but I really enjoy the manners part of it. I mean, I'm not like super stuffy or anything, but I just think it, it was a more polite time in a lot of ways in the Victorian era. And, and, I think modern steampunks have really embraced that in that um, they're, they're, it's a good bunch of people. Everywhere we go, everything we do, we meet up with awesome steampunks. Yeah, everyone's friendly. Who yeah. are friendly and nice <laughs> and they're excited about um, what they're creating and they're excited about other people's stuff and they're very encouraging and it's a good community to belong to. Steampunks are the best. <laughs> I agree. We are the best. <laughs> uh, I think that's uh, interesting that you bring it up. We're uh, starting a, uh, or you are going to be starting a, a segment on the show of Victorian <laughs> etiquette that you'll be hearing about uh, everybody listening to later in the show, right? Yes. 
So you'll be bringing a little, uh, uh, a little class. <laughs> Going to teach us a little class. How to be classy. Do it. <laughs> oh, yes, it's about time. Yeah, I've been missing some of that. <laughs> Think he's up. <laughs> well, as you know, it means don't bother me. I was drinking something. <laughs> Cool, cool. Um, where are you coming from? I know that uh, you've uh, had experience in what well, you, you mentioned Renaissance fairs. Mm-hmm. You've uh, gone to those for, for many years. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, you also have some experience in, in uh, recording and, and uh, radio programs before. Oh, yeah. I was a, a college DJ at, in uh, Greencastle, Indiana. WGRE. Uh, <laughs> All right, we got it. We got a, a gen- genuine DJ. She's going to help us keep things tighter. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. this is my radio voice. <laughs> yeah, I noticed uh, as we were recording the the opening to this, you sound way more uh, comfortable than than Flavio and I do just recording the opening sequence. Yep. Uh, oh, thanks. So. We're glad to have you here. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. I'm actually surprised she hasn't joined us earlier, actually. <laughs> I was waiting to be asked. I'm sorry. We asked. Yeah. I think we're going to have a really good time this year um, in season two with the the new uh, uh, the new co-hosts. Yep. Uh, Erica, welcome. Thank you. Glad you're here. Yeah, I'm I mean, glad to be here. Yeah, that's just one of a few changes. Like I said, we got a new new intro music, um, and instead, and our and when we take a break between segments, we're we're probably gonna be throw some actual music in there, like a full song of somebody. Somebody we found uh, either um, a turn of the century piece of music, or or something modern that we've gotten permission to play. We- yeah. Speaking of which, if you have music out there, and would I would like to show, I would like to you know. I would like to play it and show it off. If you want to show off your music, let us know. You know, contact us, and you know, we'll we'll, just, we'll talk it. I mean, it's not going to be much. It's like, hey, here's a piece of music, and we'll like, well, you know, we'll listen to it. <laughs> we'll get you listened to by at least a yeah, we get... fit tw- twenty more people across <laughs> <That's>... the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 crazy. We have likes from all over the place. People who aren't in Texas actually like us on Facebook. Honestly, don't know if they're actually listening to us. I hope they are. We trust that you are. We're glad you're here too. Yeah, uh, it's so, amazing. Um, I thought we'd we'd uh, announce a topic for discussion this evening. Right, you have one in mind, right? Um, I do. Before we start, though, I'd like to uh, uh, mention. Uh, you mentioned to me earlier tonight that uh, today is the seventy fifth anniversary. Oh, right. I think it was seventy eight years ago. Somewhere in the seventies of Nikola Tesla's death. <laughs> Nikola Tesla died today, back uh, back in the before times. <laughs> this is the anniversary of Nikola Tesla's death. Yes, and it's a sad day, but he gave us so much, and we revere him a lot. And yeah, but it was it was over seventy years ago. So it's been a while, but still, we should take take a moment, say thank you, Tesla. <laughs> We don't want a moment of silence on the radio. Bad <laughs> <laughs> idea. Yeah, especially, you know. Of course, there's a silent right there because we're looking for the information. <laughs> wow, see? Died January 7th, 1943. 1943, yes. Yep. That's... Still don't know how many days ago. <laughs> but we have a year, 1943, January 7th. And today is January 7th. So, yep, it's the anniversary of Nikola Tesla's death. And, and we're still enjoying uh, many, many, many of his inventions. Definitely, like and electricity. A <laughs> hundred years ahead of his time. Uh, amazing, fantastic. Okay, so uh, now onward. On. You had a topic in mind today. I thought we would talk about uh, guns. Guns. Steve, uh, the steampunk genre. You you see it. Uh, probably everywhere. If you do a Google search for steampunk images, Every- you're going to see uh, guns and fancy dressed women with guns and men who've replaced limbs with guns and there's guns everywhere. Yep. Um, so I thought we'd take a little time today and talk about why, why this is and how does that fit in and uh, what have you. Does that 
Yeah, I mean, I, I have a couple of ideas. Um, I know that that none of us are particularly familiar with actual guns. Uh, no. Even though we live in Texas, believe it or not, not everybody owns a gun. Um, <laughs> we, yeah, we, although I have several friends that have guns. I don't personally have a gun. I, I know which is the, the shooty end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I've shot a gun. At a range with a friend of mine, and I can't hit anything. <laughs> I couldn't hit a, I couldn't hit any of it. I went hunting once with a twenty two rifle, and I think I almost shot my head off. <laughs> that would have been bad. I did, I did better with a BB gun. I shot my <laughs> sister a, with a BB gun. <laughs> and a pellet gun back you in know, the day. I have no business around guns. <laughs> uh, not real ones. Okay. I'm much better with bow and arrow, personally. <laughs> so are, there steam, was... are there steampunk bow and arrows? <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure. sure. That, I mean, that, that's sport. Archery was a Victorian sport. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yes, and ladies participated in archery as well. In, in England, specifically. In England. Sure. And I think uh, since we want to start with the Victorian origins of uh, <laughs> firearms and what have you, um, a good place to start would be Victorian England. You mentioned um, they did a lot of... of uh, Sport, uh, bow shooting, and and the like, um, and they did have guns. They did have firearms, but I don't. It doesn't seem to me to be very prevalent in Victorian England as as a fascination. Um, however, well, we're, well, I'm not really not sure. In, we're not in Victorian England here, right? It's like not, I mean, not knowing not knowing history that well. Um, back then, what there was more like there were single shot, like um, um, black powder ball shooting guns back then. Uh, well, there weren't revolvers with the with the bullets that we have nowadays. Au contraire, are there? Uh, Victorian era or the the Wild West, the age of innovation. Oh, that's right. This is when we. That's when we started making them. Yeah. Uh, the original revolvers um, and rifling. <laughs> right. Uh, it did start with uh, um, black powder, you know, balls and what have you, like revolutionary right. uh, era. Um, and but as as we went moved through the Civil War, uh, they started developing, you know, better ways to <laughs> as war does, better ways to kill people. Um, <laughs> but that's besides the point. So I, I did a little, so much brief research, <laughs> thanks to Wikipedia. But I mean, in America. Colt manufacturing was started in 1855. Okay. And the cult That's... of Colt still lives. Oh, yeah. Uh, Colt is a very big name. Uh, started by, by Samuel Colt and, and you know, produced and, and everybody was making designs and patenting the new designs. Their Colt was right in there designing new weapons, uh, new revolvers. Um, a second company, the... Volcanic Repeating Arms Company of 1855, you've probably never heard of. No, I've not heard of them. Uh, they made a volcanic rifle. Um, it didn't go very well, and uh, <laughs> and they went under. But um, they were uh, they were they were taken ownership by by one of their investors, uh, who renamed who moved the the. The place and turned it into what you've known as the New Haven Arms Company. New Haven Arms Company? You've never heard of them either? Uh, no, I have not. That, that's because they didn't do so well either. Oh, okay. And they almost went under. And then we were reorganized into the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. Oh, I think I've heard of them. Oh, yes. They <laughs> did make a rifle or two that <laughs> caught on. Yeah, the Winchester <laughs> rifle, yes. I think they're as popular as the Colt. The Colt Pistols. <laughs> uh, they were the New Haven Arms uh, Company. They made the Henry Repeating Rifle, designed by uh, Ben Tyler Henry, which was the first magazine-fed rifle in 1860. Uh, this is important for, for later discussion, but that the Henry Rifle was, you know, a much faster reload because it had a magazine, and then it became a Win the Winchester Rifle, and, you know... That's the hot. That's the hot stuff. Yes, that's the big one. <clears throat> Meanwhile, the guys who started, or they were somehow involved with the the volcanic repeating arms company in the beginning. Horace Smith and Daniel Wesson. 
Smith and Wesson. Hey, right. Smith and Wesson <laughs> Revolver Company started in 1852. Uh, so they're there making uh, firearms, trying to get uh, patents in as well. So there are a lot of companies. These are just the ones I. You know, yeah, but those are the big ones: mind. Smith and Wesson, Colt, Winchester. I mean, yeah, De- developing new uh, new means of killing people uh, <laughs> left and right. There, we just came from the Civil War. Um, there's there's uh, native peoples uh, in the wild west who uh, are well. I mean, there's no comfortable way of saying it. Are being slaughtered uh, to make room for the railroads and uh, and. That would be an interesting topic for a future show: uh, the Winchester family curse and oh. the Winchester Mansion in oh. California, oh. haunted by the spirits oh. of the people killed by the Winchester Rifle Company. All of them, or just the ones who were building the house? Uh, well, actually, the the Winchester's widow had a belief that uh, the reason that her family was cursed was because her weapons, her family, her husband's uh, weapon company had been used to basically commit genocide in the Wild West. Oh, is that the one where she's always building new things into the house, new floors and new doors? Okay. So anyway, that's a little sidetrack, but we can can save that for a future show. Not to be mistaken with the Winchesters from the TV show Supernatural. (laughs) Very, very interesting, very sad, extremely sad story. But But point B, yes, guns. Very... uh, a necessary thing to have in in America, especially as you're moving westward, or even mm-hmm. just traveling between major cities. Um, yeah, things were a lot more dangerous back then. <laughs> and 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 there was a fascination with guns, aside from the fact that they were important tools. You know, uh, they were they were gun uh, gunfighters. Yeah. And, and uh, um, in fact, I'm reading a book about one of them right now. <laughs> Well, not it's not like fictional. It's not a yeah. It's a fictional book. So. These, Go ahead. These Wild West adventures with mm-hmm. guns and all sorts yeah. of good things. So, yeah. Fight at the OK Corral, Billy the Kid. Um, <laughs> um. So I would suggest that yes, uh, for for wild uh, American steampunk uh, has definitely roots in the Victorian era. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, I mean the last comic we the last one I reviewed was the Rough Riders with. Um, <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt, and on the cover of this ep- on the on this cover, he's holding what looks like um, the Maverick from the Nerf guns <laughs> in his right. hand. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Huge mongus, which uh, I think is the next good uh, question. It, we've talked about talked about Victorian origins. What about uh, modern steampunk sources for uh, use of guns? And you're right. Uh, just this comic. The book you're reading mm-hmm. has got a big fat gun across the cover, um, uh, and, and I've seen I've seen. Uh, well, I think I mean it's mostly because it's wild. I mean, the one I've read is it's Wild West stuff, and in, if you're in the Wild West, you're going to have to have a gun of some kind. You know, I mean, you can't. It's just part of the, it's part of it. All westerns, there's going to be guns. You know, and of course, if it's a Wild West or steampunk West, it's going to be weird, fancy guns. You know. <laughs> Because it oh just God. looks different and it looks fun, you know. Well, what? How weird does it get? Um, I don't know. Look at that huge one right there in that picture. Yeah, <laughs> that, that looks like a rail gun or something. Yeah, um, I think it could be a lightning gun. That's another thing I've seen for as steampunk. Um, there was a TV show called Warehouse Thirteen, mm-hmm. and they had what they call little Tesla guns, and they just shot like. Stunning lightning bolts, kind of thing. <laughs> you know, uh, Shelley Adina's uh, Lady of Devices series. It's up to I think seven or eight books now. Um, but her main character sort of gets into the gets into business by uh, chancing across a lightning gun. Just it just sort of falls into her hands, and the rest <laughs> is history. And uh, yeah, lots of lots of strange devices. It's the lightning gun is only used in extreme. Circumstances, she would rather get by on wits and other uh, non-lethal devices. Yeah, I think that that comes from um, obviously the the Tesla Tesla gun. Like I said, the one in the, the TV show White House Thirteen, it was they call it a Tesla gun. It was invented by Tesla, you know, and it was Tesla basically really did develop well. 
he had plans for a, a yeah a lightning gun or gun. Yeah, but it, it was it was weird yeah it, it it didn't work the way he wanted it to obviously or did it oh man could be hidden somewhere Stolen secret weapon and covered up by the U.S. military and never heard from again. <laughs> different show, different show. Sorry, <laughs> we're not doing conspiracy theories. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I see like plasma guns and lightning guns and guns with weird knobs and and bulbs and strange yeah. names. Or what was that 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 um, anime we watched with the with the zombies on the train? And that guy had like it was a steam powered like it looked like a nail gun or yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah it, those were all like nail guns for yeah. shooting zombies <laughs> in the heart. Um, I don't remember what the name of that show was. Now. But at least they pretended that those were actually powered by steam pressure, kind of thing. Yeah, that. that I don't see how it would work. Yeah, but let on. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, I I do think guns are they're not in the fiction. Obviously, if it's going to be Wild West stories, there's going to be guns. Um, well, you've also read. Uh, I read uh, some Victorian. So, some England, like mm-hmm. I want to call them uh, urban fantasies. Secret agents. Yes, no, there was, there were some secret agents. Yeah, a lot of secret agents. Some um, cops. They carried yeah. like one of them carried a couple of guns. Yep. Or yeah, they were. Yeah, but they weren't nearly as big as the ones we see for the Wild West ones. Of course. <laughs> America, bigger, right, bigger, bigger guns. Yes. <laughs> um, when we uh, all three of us traveled to San Antonio recently to visit the Zhong Army, uh, and and one of their <laughs> did you get it right that time? I did. I said Zhong. <laughs> uh, I think we have never said the name of the, that that club correctly. Sorry, guys. It's in Chinese, uh, but. Um, their one of their big uh, preoccupations is building long rifles. Right. They would. They would. They would like. They would like all their members to have their own long rifle. <laughs> um, and uh, Erica, you found a certain fascination for for those long rifles while you were there too, right? Yeah, that seemed like a fun project. Um, and it still does. I, I still think we should make them. We haven't, obviously. <laughs> um, but uh, PVC pipe is super cheap. And uh, that that's certainly uh, an opportunity to uh, play with stuff. Um, what other ways, what sort of materials would we use to make nerf or props <laughs> of any kind, you know, prop, props for, for guns? You mean, you mean the, the long rifle or just any gun in general? Uh, the long rifle I had in mind, but... Any gun that you would use, you know, as as part of a costume prop. Well, obviously, Nerf guns are very popular. <laughs> yes, and they actually work. And they, they, Usually. you know, normally, Someone yes. <laughs> don't get them quite back together. Yeah, again. You know, I, I've seen a lot of times where uh, steampunk makers will take a steampunk gun apart and pull its guts and throw them away. Right, and they just make it look and, and pretty on the outside. Yeah. And, and Chop parts off and and uh, mm-hmm. resin parts together and put new things on. And the focus was never to have a working right, they just want, gun afterwards. They just want a pretty prop, <laughs> which is fine. I, I don't mind. I, I I don't mind having a pretty prop. But it however, the heck out of me. It took a perfectly good working thing and now it's broke. True, <laughs> but like I like I have one that I that that's just it's just broke. There's no way it's going to be fixed. So so I can make a pretty prop out of it instead. You know, I didn't break it. It just, it was just already broken and it's just not repairable. Well, and I've seen people make uh, steampunk guns out of candelabras and yeah, lamp parts. I've seen those. Things, things that were never functional as guns, um, but just look really, really cool once they're done. Yeah, but I actually have plans for a little um, Derringer sized gun, but it's also a, like a lighter. <laughs> like a cigarette lighter as well, <laughs> and it, it involves um, lamp parts, <laughs> you know, and a sheet of copper and or brass or whatever, and you know you have to bend it such and such. I've have I started collecting the pieces for it, but I couldn't find a certain piece, so I kind of stalled out. Now it's been a while, and I stopped looking. <laughs> oh, I hate that. Yep. All the pieces except for that one. Exactly. You just, just to find. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
that's annoying. So I have to find either a substitute or something because I have all these extra pieces now. <laughs> I have to do something with them. Um, so we were talking about Nerf guns. Um, I don't know how fast we're moving through these questions. <laughs> well, um, Nerf, Nerf has we're at twenty four minutes. A number of, of uh, <laughs> firearms, rifles, and pistols. Yep. Uh, some of them are revolvers, and some of them are magazine mm-hmm. fed, which is why. I mentioned right the, the magazine fed Winchester the, the Winchester magazine fed rifle so magazines are appropriate to the period awesome but I don't like them I've never actually used one uh, they they work just fine yeah but I feel like to to get the the look and feel of of uh, a steampunk you, you want the revolver I, I want the revolver guy. I think that's why the the Maverick nerf is one of the favorites out there. I've seen that everywhere. Like I said, I've seen it in many covers yeah, <laughs> of different yeah. books and comics. The, the, um, the Rough Riders comic that we're still staring at. Uh, it has a Roosevelt Maver- has what appears to be a lot like uh, Nerf Maverick. Yep. <laughs> and that that one novel I read that was very much like Firefly. I think they on the cover of that they had a guy with a Maverick on yeah. it. You know, <laughs> it, it's become sort of the 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 go to gun. Um, not only is it a Cool looking revolver, mm-hmm. but they're everywhere. Yeah, they're they're prevalent. You can find them at, at thrift stores sometimes for next to nothing. Yes, I've gotten there first. <laughs> and they're not that hard to modify. You know, if you want to put a little extra umph to the shooting of the dart, they're not that hard. And it doesn't, and they don't make it hard enough that it's going to hurt you if you get hit by the dart. They just go a little bit further. <laughs> you know, yeah, if you uh, take it apart, and there there are instructions online. Yeah. Tweak this and that, but this is also the same one that if you take it apart, you do risk it not working when you put it back together. <laughs> That's always a risk. Yeah, but the main problem is the the grease for the slider inside that dries up really fast. So that's that's the main problem I found with them. <laughs> you gotta be careful with that. But they've got a lot of a lot of revolvers, uh, and and that's not even the majority of their stuff. Most of their stuff seems to be magazine fed mm. uh, rifles and. And larger weapons, um, right? Well, like I said, I found these two little ones at the at at one of the Goodwills. It's like, like little Derringer size ones. It's a three shot, um, little gun. I think that was part of the Nerf for Girls line. Right? <laughs> the, the pink ones with the little wings. No, these aren't uh, pink. Rebel. <laughs> Rebel. Uh, I, 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 was, I, was I didn't see those. <laughs> this 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 Nerf modding thing. I started watching YouTube videos. And I know that the one Flavia that you're talking about is is not one of the Rebel line with the, with the <laughs> right. wings and purple, but there is one on on the Rebel line that's a little bit larger. It's still got the three shots, and it is cool looking. I love the Nerf for Girls. <laughs> they, they look sharp. They're not like blocky and clunky. Uh, there, like there's some lines to them or some. <laughs> I guess they, they're. They're much more uh, aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the aesthetic <laughs> a lot um, on those, and they're the internals are just like any of the others. There's nothing mm-hmm. weaker, or, you know. Right, right. There's nothing wrong with them. I'll have to look into those, <laughs> but I'm really, I'm really happy with the little, with the little three shot Derringer one. Um, they actually have some pretty good power behind them. They shoot a lot further and a little bit harder than some of the Mavericks I have. <laughs> you know, and, it, and they're tiny little guns. <laughs> but yeah, the guns. I mean, I don't think they're necessary, but they're just a, a cool side piece, a cool accoutrement for your outfit. However, you have to be careful where you take them because some places don't don't let you carry them around. I was going you know? to say, if we're using guns as costume pieces, what things do we need to be aware of or concerned with? And that was one of the things. I yeah, thought. a lot of conventions won't let you bring them in um, for whatever reason. Conventions are getting pretty. They are snippy about a lot of things, uh, a lot of weapon props um, that cosplayers make. Uh, that they spend hours and hours and time and money into, and some conventions will just take them from you and throw them in the bin. I know that's crazy. 
especially if they're like something they put a lot of hours in making. You don't yeah, want that to happen to your prop. You know, if anything, I'd be like, I'll just take it back to my car. Don't touch me. <laughs> you, know, <I'll, laughs> you know, kind of thing. Well, and then if you're flying to conventions, <sighs> that makes it harder. There's uh, issues with that as well. You don't, you don't necessarily want to be flying with anything that looks anything like a weapon. <laughs> it could be, yeah. And I am afraid that that is just going to get worse with the recent uh, events at the Fort Lauderdale airport. Well, I want to say that you could check them, but you're probably right. I mean, they're going to look through them uh, and they they could take them out and confiscate them there just as easily. Uh, I guess you could FedEx them to yourself. <laughs> but just to go to a convention for a weekend, that's not that's not really yeah, then you ri- yeah, that's risky too because you, you'll risk. I mean, you can you can FedEx it to the hotel you're staying at to your name, but whether or not I don't know how well the hotel will take care of it or even look out for it, kind of thing. Um, I've I've had to send things to to hotels for my work, mm-hmm. and they're usually pretty good. Okay, uh, but it is a risk. Yeah, uh, it might arrive, and and the guy at the counter goes, oh, oh, we don't have that guy at the hotel yet because maybe you haven't gotten there or maybe mm-hmm. he's just dumb <laughs> and he'll refuse it. And it goes uh, away. Yeah. And it won't, FedEx will send it back to the shipper, which is you. You're not there either because you're at the convention. Yeah, it can get messy. Um, but also uh, we were talking about having uh, a get together at the Capitol. Yeah, um, definitely. That's uh, good. Following. Late later this month, and if you're considering taking a, a prop gun, that's probably not a good idea. Yeah, yeah, especially on capital, yeah, capital grounds. Yeah, they're probably not a good idea to have any kind of prop. I, you know, I mean, I'd be afraid to take a prop sword, you know, <laughs> because I've also heard like, well, for like Halloween here on on Sixth Street, they don't want anybody carrying any kind of prop weapon. You know, whether it be a sword, a stick, a staff, they don't want any of that out there. <laughs> you know, even if it's a flimsy little piece of plastic they don't want it out there at all Sixth street is a crazy place uh, it is i know that i yeah i, mean, I wouldn't i wouldn't want to be there on halloween anyway <laughs> that stopped being fun a long time ago yep that's only because we're getting old <laughs> no no, no, no I, well, the last time I was there, you know, the last time I was there it was a long time ago. But it was just like you're just walking around, walking around in a circle. Yeah. Um, you only can go one direction on the side of the street you're on, and it's just like a parade, just constantly circling. Well, the way I remember <laughs> it. It was there's barely room to stand. Exactly. And you're just being forced forward with with the, the crowd flow yeah. of, of the crowd. You don't get to. Yeah. Why are you there? <laughs> right. Right. There's, there's no way you're going to move all the way that five feet to the entrance to that pub you want to get to. It's not going to happen. There's no way you're getting into that pub, even if you can make your way to the door, because it's already full of 5,000 other people. Right. So Yeah. Well, I mean, from a law enforcement standpoint, the last thing you want on top of wall-to-wall people from you know one side of the street to the other is somebody carrying something that you can't immediately identify, right. whether it's real or not. I mean, I, I understand it. It makes it less fun. But it's certainly understandable from a crowd control perspective. Mm-hmm. But that, what, what we, we we digress a little bit. Um, conventions. How do you if you're if you're a if you're a cosplayer or even a steampunker and have and have props? How do you you know have, what 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 issues have you run across? Let us know. You know, <laughs> is there any particular prop that you you're proud of but can't take to a convention? <laughs> you know, or you know you find hard play, difficult to show off to places because you know. It's just somebody might think it's something else. You know, what do you have? What kind of props do you have that you that you want to show off but are afraid to in some places? Let me know. Now, I think the the uh, the conventions that we've been to, speaking for all three of us, we, we've got to kind of the smaller ones. Very, yeah. and it is it's not a problem. Right. Uh, the if we get checked at all, um, they looked over our stuff, put a zip tie on it, say, "Yeah, we looked at it. Good, good." Yeah, don't, don't swing it above your head. Or yeah, I have noticed the smaller the convention, the less the the less stringent they are on things. Uh, but if you're carrying like a long rifle or you know something with some metal to yeah. it, uh, just like if you were carrying a, a, a prop sword, it gets in the way. <laughs> I can't walk around in in a crowded room without 
whacking into somebody with uh with my prop and that's not helpful <laughs> that, <laughs> that, the very least it's impolite <laughs> yeah you don't want to be poking people with it <laughs> right I, i'm in there i'm in the in the the vendor's room i've got my bag of stuff that i'm buying and i'm trying to look through stuff and i'm trying to juggle this big <laughs> stupid gun too uh now it's just a hindrance uh and depending on what you made out of it, it could just get heavy over time. <laughs> like you're tired of carrying a dang thing. <laughs> so I mean, I think it looks great in a photo shoot, but it's not necessarily anything that I'd want to carry around all day at a convention. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's a great for, for the photo opportunities and then go put it in your room <laughs> so you can have fun at the convention. <laughs> exactly. So what else you got? Is that, uh, is that the last? So I, that, that covers just about everything. I think the, the, uh, Big question. The, the last question is, are guns really necessary for something for, for steampunk? I don't think so. I don't normally carry. I have several prop Nerf steampunk guns that I've modified and painted up and everything, and I rarely ever take them anywhere. <laughs> you know, But I started making them because of the LARPs, the, the steampunk LARPs that are out there which that use nerf guns that's why i started making them so i'm not using them to take them i'm not making them to carry them at conventions and stuff i'm using i'm making them for those larps which is a completely different situation <laughs> you know yeah none of my costumes incorporate uh guns i did buy uh two prop derringers off of amazon that i i want to put on a top hat <laughs> for the decoration pieces decoration um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm working on a teacup holster. That's as that's as weaponized as I'm gonna get. Hey, well, there's dual. The there, there's teacup dueling out there. Here People the duel. <laughs> I was at one convention uh, that had a big steampunk uh, track to it, and there were some people there who wanted to make a protest against. Uh, uh, they, they they were supporting gun. Uh, restrictions or, or, or uh, gun control mm -hmm. laws, and uh, to to voice their their uh, political uh, feelings, they were they were saying they would not carry steampunk prop guns at this convention, and neither should you. Mm -hmm. Which I was fine until they told me I shouldn't either. Then I was. Don't tell me what to do. Because <laughs> I had my thing. I'm doing my thing. Leave me the hell alone. Right. I'm not bothering you. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not interested in expressing my political uh, feelings in this way. Uh, but, but really, yeah, they, it was a, except for that last bit. It was a perfectly good way to to protest and. Yeah, you didn't need guns as as, as props for for a costume uh, unless you really wanted to, I guess. And it both, it's just a steampunk without them. Yeah, uh, I mean, there was a what the airship Isabella. They we'd always have kind of prop guns on their table. They, got a lot of, they, got a lot of guns. they had a lot of guns, and they were made of all they were made out of all kinds of things too. You know, and they weren't just Nerf guns. They were just they made some pretty good stuff, but. They were at the conventions and the t they were right there think, on the table. Do you think that is this gun fascination that we as Americans have anyway it is a little <laughs> overblown? It always freaks out people in other countries that, that yeah. Americans are so pro gun. And, you know, <laughs> as, a, as a general rule, you know, I'm fine with guns. Have all the guns yeah. you want. Um, but on the other hand, um, we're also in Texas where <laughs> guns are, <laughs> but, we freak out other states. You know, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> guns as part of your sexy steampunk costume you know these girls that don't wear pants and you know have <laughs> they might need the gun decorum ladies decorum you know it, it's glamorizing them it's sexualizing them and that's a, that's something that all american culture seems to do it's it's not just the steampunk community if, yep. if you if you go to a, look at the latest episode or issue of guns and ammo there's probably a girl in a bikini on the front of it you know licking a rifle or something <laughs> yeah. um, I've, I've seen the videos just, of girls in bikinis shooting machine guns you know yeah, and, <laughs> like, and that's and that's maybe not something that should be normalized or sexualized and and you know maybe the people that protest it have a point is you know um you know guns aren't sexy they they actually kill people they hurt people 
that's what they're for. Um, and, and, you know, maybe we, we need to rethink that as, as part of the steampunk culture, because generally we're not violent people. I don't think. Except Florida. <laughs> but they're not steampunk. Florida steampunk <laughs> no, just people. <laughs> no, no, I just, I just mean this, this among the steampunk community, we're not violent people. We're, we're, we're good folks. Yeah. We're accepting, we're kind. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe guns are not the best representation for <laughs> friendly steampunk. So it would be okay to say folks. we we might want to tone it down a bit, just yes. a little bit with with the firearms and all that. <laughs> maybe, but that that uh well that's speaking of being good folk and and stuff. Let, let's go into uh, the etiquette. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I understand there's a new uh, Victorian etiquette. Yes, uh, we're going to call it Erica's Etiquette. <laughs> Erica's Etiquette. She has something for us. Listen up, people. All right. <laughs> I found this delightful book on Kendall on Amazon.com. Uh, the, the full title is Frost's Laws and Bylaws of American Society, a condensed but thorough treatise on etiquette and its usages in America, containing plain and reliable directions for deportment in every situation in life. Okay, everybody That's got that? <laughs> yeah, okay. Frost, Google search that. <laughs> Frost, laws, and bylaws. Uh, look it up on uh, on Amazon. It's a really fun, fun sto- fun book. It's it's uh, it's really entertaining. <laughs> and she's and she's going to give us and something I'm out of it. An, ex- you... an excerpt. That's the I, word, right? Yeah. <clears throat> this is this is the section called salutes and salutations. In this country. Men do not embrace each other, nor do they exchange kisses, while unless amongst intimate friends, even the fair sex now dispense with demonstrative salutations. In many European countries, kisses are exchanged, even between gentlemen, and an embrace is quite in accordance with even a somewhat formal salutation. In America, however, these demonstrations are mostly confined to gushing misses and schoolgirls. Men in this country acknowledge an introduction by extending the right hand in greeting, the whole hand, for it is positively insulting to offer two fingers, as some underbred snobs will sometimes do. And it is almost as bad to extend the left hand unless two persons are introduced at the same time, or the right hand is useless or occupied. In any such case, apologize for the hand extended. The right hand is the sword hand, and its extension to a friend is emblematic as a proof of peace and a safeguard against treachery. In offering the hand to a friend in the house, always remove the glove and clasp the hand given in return firmly for a moment. In the street, however, the glove may be retained for if it would cause an awkward pause to remove it. But always in such a case, apologize for the covered hand. <laughs> In shaking hands, do not try to wring them off the wrists, nor press them as in a vise, nor pull them as though they were bell handles, nor fling the two together with violence so as to cause a report. Let the palms grasp each other firmly, but without any display of energy, and shake the hand moderately for a moment, then release it. Mr. Pecksniff was wont to clasp his left hand over his dear friend's right hand, resting in his own right. This practice may be very effective from a scenic point of view, but it is not countenanced by any rule of etiquette. <laughs> very good. You got that, people? <laughs> so that's that's etiquette for handshaking. How to shake hands. <laughs> that's very important, you know, because we don't want to look like schoolgirls. And <laughs> yeah, we don't want to shake hands like a... Cold fish. <laughs> yes, nice or, firm handshake is always a good thing. But not crushing each other's bones. I've met a few gentlemen who, yeah, good. That's a good reading. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Mr. Pecksniff? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it said. Apparently he's quite vulgar. <laughs> I've, I've, I've shaken hands like that. The one hand out, and then yeah. And then you trap the other person's hand with your other hand. It's like giving them a good hug. It's a hand hug. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> but that is not I'm proper, apparently. That is not countenance <laughs> in American etiquette, sir. I've learned something today. I have learned something. I will not shake hands that way again. Well, apparently, apparently, we're not supposed to. We're not supposed to give each other hugs either. 
No, no, not in public. Yes, not in public. Wow. Well, look at the time. It's already at, we're at uh, 44 minutes. So I think that's it for this section. Um, we're going to take a break and we'll come back with what's going on in the next few weeks in of January yes. 2017. So we'll be back in a minute. Bessie Smith with I Need a Little Sugar in My Bowl. <laughs> and now we're going to talk about the upcoming events for uh, January. Rest of January. 2017. February. What's coming up? What's coming up? Well, the first thing I have on my list is January 11th, which is a Wednesday. The Airship Hammer of Olympus. They want to have a little meetup at Arpeggio Grill. You know, get some good food there. Um, they've been trying to recruit new people to their airship for a while. This is just, you know, they're inviting people out to have some fun and meet them, have some good food. So they're going to uh, tease us with fantastic pizza, Middle <laughs> Eastern fare. I'm in. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's really good food there. You know, if anything, meet, come out and meet some steampunks. You know, it's not necessary to join their crew if you go. <laughs> but you should. They're a good, they're a good folks. Yeah, they, they're good they folks. They like to have a good time. Yep, they have. They like to have meetups regularly on their own. So you know, that's this week Wednesday, right? I believe so. Yeah, this okay. coming Wednesday, the eleventh. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be a busy week because there's something else coming up, right? Yeah. Well, on the thirteenth, which is a Friday, that's the White Ghost Shivers at the Continental Club on South Congress. I believe. Um, well, the doors open at ten, or yeah, I think. Well, I don't know if the doors open at ten, but it says ten p.m. So. I'm sure they're gonna either gonna go on at ten or the first band definitely at ten. There's yeah, more than one band. An opening band, yeah. yeah. But that's them. But that's the, that's also well, we didn't actually write down our monthly meetup on the third Tuesday. That would be the seventeenth. Yep, the seventeenth. 
Um, nothing really planned for that other than a meetup, I right? Don't have, I don't <laughs> have a theme for, for that, although we're still uh, there's still time to throw one together, I suppose. Yep. yep. We call it Gears and Beers as Sherlock's on Research. Yep, we, we, we try to meet there every third Tuesday. Yes. And people get there about 7-ish? Yeah, 7-ish, sit down, chat, eat dinner. It's a meetup. <laughs> you know, have some beers. It's all good. What was that, the 17th? 17th. Yep, the day after, on January 18th, we're, 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 we're debating whether or not this is steampunk, but we're going to make it steampunk just by showing up if we do. The beer and cheese pairing. <laughs> That's a class, right? Yes. Is it a class? Oh, okay. I hope so, because I don't know anything about cheer, cheer and bees. Well, I thought, I thought they were going to give us beer and give us cheese. <laughs> I, I think they are, yes. Right. In very controlled, uh, uh, systematic measurements. Right. This beer, this cheese. <laughs> and that's at the Craftsman? Yep, 7 p.m. And East Cesar Chavez. So you need to buy tickets. Yeah, there's tickets available. Because beer ain't free. <laughs> True. Then after that, 10 days later, on January 28th, we just bought our tickets today. Mimosas and Moonlight on the Austin Steam Train. We've mentioned this uh, before. We've taken a few of these before and had a really good yeah, time. Yeah, always a good time on those trains. Uh, <laughs> we It leaves out of Cedar Park. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's it, this is a nighttime ride. I've never been on this train it's at night. about a three-hour Round trip. Round trip. <laughs> yeah, don't say tour. That's bad luck. <laughs> oh, oh I, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> we want to get stranded in some island somewhere. <laughs> on a tr- okay, sure. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how it works, but it works. <laughs> yes. Go ahead and steam train. Yeah, buy your tickets soon. I think they're almost, they're pretty they're pretty close to selling out for this trip. So I think the the higher end lounge tickets are the only ones left. And they, they run $65 a piece. Shall I read the details? Sure. Mimosas and Moonlight on a real train. This special night will feature a complimentary mimosa bar and our signature mimosa, the Railroad Red, made with real pomegranate. Passengers will enjoy a three-hour round-trip train ride in the moonlight, a complimentary mimosa bar, a special past hors d'oeuvres, Non-alcoholic options are available, but why would you want that? This event is 21 and up only. All cars are pulled by our 1960 Alco diesel locomotive. Not so steamy. Parties of two may be seated at shared tables. This ride is three hours, round trip, no layover. Departs at 7 p.m., returns at 10 p.m. That's not so bad for Saturday night. (laughs) I think they do have a steam engine, but it doesn't work. Yeah, it broke. So and we'll just call it's it quite we'll, costly to fix. So yep. these help uh, keep the steam train program going. Yeah, they still call it steam train, even though they're not using the actual steam engine. But that's okay. Eventually, maybe one day they'll have it fixed, and that will be cool. We will always want to support our local complimentary steam. Remo- complimentary mimosa bar. I mean, steam train. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, that's what our Roosevelt Adventure Society goes. We find a place with the bar. <laughs> and we drain it dry. <laughs> and move on. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. On the same, but the same night, in case you can't make it to that, it is Voltaire's 50th birthday party down at Elysium. That's- he's, he's had his birthday party down at the Elysium Club, uh, like... Quite often. Quite- Every year for the once past a year. Yeah. Once a year. How, how about that? Once a year. But, but yeah, he's, he's Apparently been here he likes us Austin people. <laughs> he wants to have his birthday with us. I've been to his, I've been to this once. I forgot what birthday it was. It was like two, three years ago. But I've been to it. I bet that was 48 or 47. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Math. Um, but I just recently saw him at at Steampunk November. Yeah, yeah. We, we saw him. Somehow they, they suckered him into playing <laughs> on Friday nights. I can't believe he's 50. Yeah, he doesn't look 50 at all. He's like 35. Evil keeps you young. I keep telling you that. <laughs> and then I also saw him previously to that in, at, at, Steam, at Steam, Steamathon in uh, Seattle. Steamposium in Steam Seattle, Posium. sorry. So, I mean, he, he, put on, he puts on a pretty decent show. I mean, he's very popular with the ladies, too. So... <laughs> <laughs> You mean he's got a lot of female fans? That's that, what I yeah, that's what I said. That's, that's, that's <laughs> <what I> said. <laughs> the, the, the ladies love him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. 
<laughs> so that's the, that's the same night. Um, it says 9.30. I'm sure that's when the doors are opening. I don't know exactly when he goes on. It seems like everything is happening this weekend, right? I know. It's a busy weekend. Because the very next day in Wimberley, uh, the steampunk sheepdog trials yep. are happening. <laughs> uh, Bring your sheepdog. No, don't. <laughs> no actual dogs. <laughs> and no actual sheep. It's very confusing. <laughs> we talked about this last time. Oh, oh. It's their teapot racers. <laughs> right, right. And they're pushing little... As far as I know, they're wrangling something, like little sheep, stuffed sheep or something. It's, instead of having the racing like you did last time, they're doing something else with the, with the teapot. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. We'll find, the only way to find out, to go find out what they're doing. Bring your teapot racers. Charlie's on the backbone. Good beer, great burgers. And, uh, and the crazy Wimberley folks. So, yeah. <laughs> yep, they're at it again. Something every month. I interrupted you, what? Oh, I was just going to say, if you have a radio-controlled... A vehicle that you would like to use, you will be uh, allowed to enter and play in the Steampunk Sheepdog Trials. It's a lot of fun, and it's it's kind of fun to customize a little a little racer with a little teapot or a little silly thing. So it's it's lots of fun. It, it's more fun than it even sounds like. Just you should come. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's apparently it's happening at uh, you said it was a bar. Riley's on the Backbone, which is an actual. An authentic biker, biker bar. bar with real bikers, and they seem to enjoy it. You said they, they had a good time. They they had a, a good attitude. They were amused the by it all. How could you not be? That's true. <laughs> That's funny. And that very same day, San Marcos Celtic Music or uh, Celtic Festival is happening. I don't know if that's specifically explicitly steampunk, but it's music of that period. <coughs> we might be piping some of that through our show in the future. Yeah, and you know, obviously, I mean, well, San Marcos is on the way to Wimberley, <laughs> you know. So right, you could probably hit both. Uh, to and there's a couple of breweries in between. So yeah, there are. <laughs> beer is steampunk. I'm officially declaring it. Beer is steampunk. I will allow it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like I have authority, but okay. Uh, That's January, but we're gonna we're gonna dip a little bit into February. Um, on the 4th, February 4th, the Clockwork Souls Playtest. Um, this is a LARP, live-action role-playing game, steampunk-wise. Um, I've been to one of these before. Um, it was interesting. There's a lot of Nerf darts going around, <laughs> flying around everywhere. And um, But apparently, I think he's completely changed the rules again, so this is going to be a complete fresh <laughs> test. Uh, to some degree. Playtest. Yeah. Nerf guns only work one way, so I don't think how he... Well, yeah, but he, he came up with a bunch of other rules, apparently, but he wants to play test. It'll be fine. It, they're a good group, and, uh, yeah, shooting people in the park, that, that's yeah. fun. Yeah, the, well, the first play test is what originally got me to start modifying my Nerf guns and painting them up and everything. <laughs> so <laughs> now I have another place to use them. So that's that. I mean, that, that's going to be at uh, San Gabriel Park, uh, Saturday, February 4th, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, I believe we take a lunch break or they provide food on occasion. Last time they tried to provide food, but we didn't eat it <laughs> or um, something. If last time you needed to bring uh, money to, to put in the, the kitty so that they could go get food for everybody. Um, I don't know what they're planning on doing this time. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then last but not least, February 11th, Darwin Day. What is this? Tell me what that is again. Darwin Day. Yeah, you want to get this? Oh, sure. All right. Darwin Day, Austin. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is taking place Saturday, February 11th, uh, from noon to 5 at the J.J. Pickle Research Center here in Austin, Texas. The Center for Inquiry Austin presents a free event to celebrate the 208th anniversary of Darwin's birth. There will be something for everyone, fun learning activities for children and teens, Fascinating lectures and trivia contests for adults, professional development credit for teachers, and birthday cake. For Darwin. Hey, how about that? Well, man, she sounds so much more professional than we do. I know, right? <laughs> so this show, this uh, event has nothing to do with watching stupid people try to kill themselves. That's disappointing. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. Well, facts, you know, that could be your contribution to the day. <laughs> Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> this last 
Well, okay. Well, that wraps up the first episode of season two. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys continue to listen. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Please tell your friends about us. Um, And uh, we'll see you again in two weeks, yeah? Yeah, that's the plan. Every two weeks still. So, you know, once again, thank you, Erica, for joining us. Oh, sure. Um, my pleasure. <laughs> you, you definitely sound much more professional. We'll try to we'll, – we'll, we'll, we'll get better, we'll hopefully. Up your game, you. boys. Up your game. <laughs> Dealing with the pro now. <laughs> so, and uh, that's it for now. See ya. Thanks for listening. This has been the Texas Steampunk Connection. Opening music was the Texas Steer Rag by George Boxford, recorded in 1909. Please like us on Facebook at Texas Steampunk Connection. Where you will find the links to all the topics we talked about in this episode. Until next time, mind mind your your gauges. gauges!